0: Welcome to Mojo for the Modern Man. This is your host, Ken Mossman, and today I am joined by Tim Ku. and I'm really thrilled with this first half of the conversation Tim and I had. Tim has a great story, as so many other guests do, and I don't want to give too much away, but we've had guests on who shared their experiences with plant medicine, and Tim is fascinating because not only does he have an experience with plant medicine, but he's made it his mission. So we're going to get into even more of that in, in Act 2, and Tim does a beautiful job of laying out the groundwork here in Act 1. Quick reminder, if you have not yet, please subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting delivery service. And with that, let's go ahead and dive into this first act of our conversation between myself and and Tim Sekou. Enjoy. Tim Sekou, it is a pleasure to welcome you to Mojo for the Modern Man.
1: Mm, thank you so much for, for the invitation and the opportunity.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. So what was it growing up? What was it like growing up in your part of the world? Mm-hmm.
1: I would say it was like a bubble. I grew up in a bubble, uh, both from a safety perspective but also familiarity in terms of uh ethnic racial kind of population uh asian american uh filled in in my hometown so it was safe and it felt like a bubble and felt very academia focused very kind of blocked from the tough world challenges and issues that are all around outside the bubble and so grew up very well uh, was Grew up in a in a conservative environment, um, and and very focused on sort of the academia path of what's next, and then get a get a get a safe job and, and income, and that is all understandable with a uh, being a first generation uh, American. Uh, my my parents immigrated here, so I can understand that conditioning and programming. And interestingly, to say, and I'll pause after this is I've come up. A complete different side of the spectrum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we're gonna get to that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. We're gonna get to that. And 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 where uh, you mentioned the bubble. Where was the bubble?
1: It was in a suburb in Los Angeles called Arcadia, California.
0: Ah, uh, got it. And, and and so when you look at those those uh conservative influences, as you put very with a with a with a with a, a focus on academia. Um, you know, give us a little bit more of of the the story and 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 highlight some of the events that really shaped the early part of your path.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I would say that that bubble was a gift. And I guess a curse with an asterisk on it in that I'm so grateful for the discipline it's cultivated in me to have now shown up in this kind of path that I'm on. And I'll jump into that later. It's allowed me to really um, understand relational, personal dynamics with people more as well. and. I just remember a lot of memories around spending all my time on extracurricular activities, um, music, and prep tests before college, all of that. And yeah, I'd say that all of that has influenced my path in a way around that discipline, around that focus, around that creation ability because I'm so disciplined from that past. I love creating as an entrepreneur. And so that's really uh, shaped that. I will say on the other side of that as well is it's made me insanely curious what's outside the bubble. And so that curiosity very much started to take effect, I'd say in the middle of my college undergraduate years. And that really started to spur just a deeper dive into the rabbit hole. That opened up different modalities, healing arts practices, and combine that with the timing of what life I was going through at that time as an entrepreneur, and burnout, and asking myself, is this really that's it? Is this really what's it? And feeling unfulfilled. Combining both of that has really brought me down to the path that I'm on today.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned before, we're going to get to the path that you're on because it's 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 so build
1: it's, it's the build up.
0: It's the build up, the total <laughs> build up. Let's be honest here. Um but and you mentioned some really important pieces because there's you know, there's no shortage of burnout happening. You know, we're looking at you know, as you and I are speaking, the uh, the as far as I know, the great resignation is still going For on. Sure. Yeah, people are people are starting to look in different areas they're certainly asking themselves oh wow is is this, is this all there is you know arguably successful people asking themselves wow you know uh, is this is this all there is so what you know if if you can say a, a word or two about the 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 burnout journey i think it's wildly uh, um, instructive use that language
1: the word that comes for me when I think about my journey that led to a lot of burnout was misalignment. Mm. Misalignment in terms of really having the time to assess, reflect, chew on, double click on, just really sit with this idea. If I am really investing my energy into something I'm I'm I, I really care about and that I'm that I love. Pouring my energy into for my own personal dis- uh, satisfaction, and some call it, you know, the ikigai, which is the reason for being around the intersection around um, what you love, what you're great at, what the world needs, and what you can be paid for. I've, I've I studied that a little bit um, earlier in my 20s, and so that really gave gave me a great understanding of what alignment can feel like mm. when asking those four questions and finding the intersection of that. And I will say that the summary of my first company that I burned out at was really maybe just what I could be paid for. And that's pretty much it. And I tried to like jam all the other stuff into it so it could fit. And of course it didn't fit. And so it only lasted so long. And...
0: And was that your own company?
1: That was my first own company, correct? My first company yep. that I that I started uh, right out of undergraduate. And now I can say, wow, with that deep understanding and feeling, embodiment, and even the physical toll of what misalignment feels like, I can use that as my a calibration North Star barometer for what I devote myself to next. And so I did take a couple years off of my life to really tune up that barometer
0: mm.
1: and start pointing that in different directions to see what would resonate. And happy to say that I found that and I'm I'm living that now and that barometer feels so in alignment. And of course, then the inner joy factor feels at an all-time high as well.
0: Yeah, 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 well said. There was, I want to highlight one word that you use because I think it's wildly important and, and culturally, you know, oftentimes we've trained ourselves or the culture also trains us to, to, to march right past it. And you use the word embodiment and there's, you know, in a, in a culture that puts such a premium on, on overcoming, you know, rising above at all costs the it's really easy to override the body's messages you know to override the body's messages and until until you can't anymore until one can't anymore so so in your own you know on your own journey here how, how much you know even as you were heading down the burnout road you know how much were you paying attention or not to the signals that your physical being was giving you
1: probably 1%. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in my mind for so long and I'm so grateful to have under the awareness and understanding the there's a connection between the mind and the body and they're two separate parts of our of ourselves and thanks to you know different teachers and different plant medicines have really helped me understand that however the first phase of my life especially during the creation of the business was all in my mind and to that i think back now actually funny story is that i i my coping uh support through all of that was meditation and of course that was more in the mind as well and so i didn't really understand the concept of dropping into our bodies or embodiment until maybe even 3 years ago 3 years ago and so it's been a very intentional practice to really understand how I can drop into my body through <clears throat> movement, through breath, through sound, through presence, through other oh through music when I when I play my music and I can like close my eyes and just rhythmically move my body with the music and and, and start to embody the music. All of those little practices. It's just been a last couple years, and one thing I've really, really loved this quote is. You know, it's one thing to rationally and logically understand something, but it's a whole different game when you understand it from an embodiment perspective, from an embodiment like your body feels it because it's a forever imprint now inside of ourselves. And so I always try to ask myself like, okay, I logically understand this. What is there a way? How, how can I really let this land in my body and in my heart? So it's like forever imprinted.
0: Yeah. Wow, there's again there's there's so much in there to to unpack. And and maybe the 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 easiest way to unpack it is to walk us through, you know, you recognize that the burnout, at some point you recognize that the burnout was happening, but but walk us through the path between that that actually led you, not necessarily the, the practices will come in absolutely, but walk us through the path from you know from burnout to the to the, to the threshold of the work you do today. Because again, yeah. I think it's just so instructive.
1: Thank you. So there's a couple kind of key points I can point to that really spurred that. One of which was plant medicine, specifically um, the plant ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. And that is now to review a little bit more what I focus my time in life now on, which I'll share a little bit deeper later as well. So what I realized was I had really, I had been working with uh, LSD actually for a couple years um, during this feelings of burnout by myself in the woods in in San Francisco.
0: And And are we talking, just to clarify, are we talking micro doses or are we talking like full out Grateful Dead show?
1: Not to that extent, but a full dose, 100, 100 micrograms um as a typical dose. And and it's funny because I think back now again, just related to the other question, LSD to me is very mind activating. Uh very like in our in our logical, rational just system turn on and ignite. And of course I was using that to like further deeper deepen (laughs) into the mind. But anyways, it it helped a lot and it helped process a lot while I was going through that burnout. And I was um, invited to a, a, an ayahuasca ceremony uh, many years ago. And all I can say is that moment when I took that cup and this is you know birth from these earth. And so there's such an embodiment feeling. Yeah, one, it unlocked what embodiment could feel like. I'm just mm. like, wow, I understand this now because this is so much more profound than a mind altering. This is like paradigm shifting uh, medicine that I was able to experience. And so from an embodiment perspective, it's forever imprinted. Um, and secondly, it just was like a snow globe. I was in a snow globe and it just shook me up and it really started to uh, reconfigure perspectives that I was holding. And I, what I interpret was a temporary or uh, a momentary ego death where I forgot my name and I forgot if I was breathing or not. And that just felt like a reset for me. And the only way I got out of that was repeating that I come with love and gratitude, and that was my mantra that I understood as how to keep cultivating a, a, a more expansive life to approach all things, relationships, opportunities with love and gratitude. And so that really shook me up.
0: Yeah, and and I'm curious, this that was that that first uh, ayahuasca uh, ceremony. Um, was that was that was that guided or did the mantra come from come from inside come from the body from
1: inside it came from inside came from this like came from the heart i'd say because i was my heart was beating fast and i was starting to welcome fear in and to kind of compensate for that that anxiety arising. the words love and gratitude just started emerging
0: so so this may be going back uh, a little bit farther and that is what you know what was it that had you, you know, a, a, as you were, you know, nearing the end of that burnout, starting to go off into the woods and 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 play with LSD, um, work with it really. From the sounds of it, um, what, what 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 was it that had you say, "Aha!" You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna explore psychedelics here. <laughs> it's a great. It laugh. was. <laughs>
1: It was the curiosity, like I mentioned mm-hmm. in the beginning, that I started cultivating, and this n- hunger for like, there's more. I know there's more to this world than I'm, under- I'm understanding as So mm-hmm. you combine that with the curiosity, and then, again, the burnout was a shocking feeling that I had because I was like, on paper everything looks good, right? Ac- from an academia background focus, right? Like. From the paper, it looks good. So, like, why am I feeling this? And that started shattering some paradigms in myself because I was like, "Oh, this isn't the path that I thought it was supposed to be like." And so, it's just like this, like, "Oh, I'm going to turn around and then start walking backwards back to the like the, the point of, of of divergence and and choose a different path now." And so, that feeling of like this wasn't what I thought it was all about made me really open to different types of healing arts modalities that would expand my self-awareness to go remember, to remember what it is that I am truly maybe here on this planet for in this lifetime.
0: That's great language to remember.
1: Yeah. yeah I, I I was shared by that was a teacher shared with me that um you know, we, we, we didn't forget anything. I mean, sorry, we didn't lose anything, so we don't have to go find it. We just forgot. And so we just need to practice the art of remembering. And a lot of times that requires deep silence and reflection and openness and connection to something greater than our own minds uh, to receive uh, the remembering.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Beautifully said. How did you go about Finding your teachers—it's
1: so funny because I hate to be cliche. It's just like I didn't go find the teachers; the teachers and I just crossed started cross paths, and that's what I feel is so authentic and genuine. With that, truly, truly, um, it's more like if we really—if I really am ready and I am intentional with that and I put in my work. Um, to To be doing my readings and doing my self-practices, this and that, and I have this curiosity of XYZ or XYZ healing modality, um, I, 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 it's, it, I feel it will be provided. It was provided for me. And typically, a lot of the teachers in practicality were met in my ayahuasca medicine ceremonies. And they're not only the people who are serving the medicine, but also... Uh, facilitators and staff there, but also even some of the guests there are some of my greatest teachers as well. And so, as it relates to finding teachers, I really, I really embody and live from a perspective of calling in or attracting the teacher, and just going about our lives with intentionality, and he or she they will emerge. Nice,
0: nice. So I think we're I think we're there. <laughs> when I say we're there, we're I think we've gotten to the I think we've gotten to the threshold. And you 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 mentioned the participants and other people. So you know, bring us to where there is and 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 the work you're doing now. Thank you. Yeah,
1: the work I'm doing now, or the mission that I'm on now, is humbly supporting the elevation of consciousness through intentional plant medicine ceremonies and plant medicine containers. Uh, Personally, I see these sacred medicines as powerful acceleration tools under the right setting, under the uh, safe container, under structured uh, containers that have integrity uh, all over it. I believe it can stoke such powerful and meaningful insights for someone in such a short period of time and invite them and plant the seed for them to make drastic, transformational, positive changes and new agreements in their lives for themselves, for the companies they touch, for the communities they serve, and the world they live in. So what that looks like is these retreat containers and we it's called one heart and we specifically uh really try to work with the what we call like heart-led leaders or conscious creators these can typically take form in entrepreneurs and founders and ceos who have exited and now really want to uh, create something with a deeper alignment it could be um, someone who's burnt out with the monopoly game and deciding to uh, change things up and and really want to create from from their hearts uh, in in a, in a startup venture possibly, but I think of it as the intersection of uh, grounded uh, execution and 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 worldly like creations, but fusing with deep consciousness uh, intentionality, and I really love that intersection uh, because I believe magic really births in that intersection so mainly the the retreat containers are here in costa rica where i live mm. and they consist of medicine ceremonies with ayahuasca they consist of breathwork workshops your typical yoga and meditation sessions as well as workshops all around um, self-love around surrender around embodiment uh, et, cetera, et cetera. and we also bring in ancient modalities like the plant medicine, like sweat lodges as well like shamanic drumming, journeying, sorry, and uh, and so forth. And so we kind of bring this all together in what we call a, a really powerful training and again, call in the the creators of our world and really activate them from a place of clearing, healing, and uh, in, in, in working through whatever they get to work through and then now creating uh, in the world with deep alignment.
0: Thank you so much for joining me, Ken Mossman, your host here on Mojo for the Modern Man. Of course, our guest, Tim Sekou, for this first half of our conversation. Tim will be back. That episode will drop next week, depending on when you're listening to this. And he digs a lot more into questions about cultural appropriation and his work with One Heart and, of course, a whole lot more. Quick shout out, if you, if you have not yet, please subscribe to Mojo for the Modern Man on your favorite podcasting service. Come by my website as well, KenMossman.com. And of course, a reminder, links to Tim's socials and to One Heart, etc. may be found in the notes, the intro notes for today's episode. And before we part company, of course, a quick shout out of gratitude to Carly Ferrar at Knack and Company for her copywriting expertise to Megan Johnson, also at Knack & Company, for keeping me on the straight and narrow and her help with uh, assisting me in all sorts of ways. And last but certainly not least to Josh Hines for his sound editing and musical brilliance. Be well, take care, and we'll see you back here soon on Mojo for the Modern Man.